him to die along with his treasures. He felt blood matting his thin hair, leaking onto his scalp. The stench of petrol burnt his sinuses, filled his throat with bile. He tasted the fumes, felt himself sucking their poison deep into his gut. Yet he couldn't bring himself to shut his eyes and surrender to the dark. The fire cast a spell upon him. He was hypnotized by the horror. He found it impossible to wrench his gaze from his books as they shriveled and died. Rope chewed into his thin wrists, gnawed at the bones of his ankles. He hadn't been gagged. There was no need. If he shouted himself hoarse, nobody would hear. Outside, the waves lapped against the jetty. On so many nights, their murmuring soothed him to sleep. He kept the window ajar, even on the coldest days, and if he jerked awake, he might hear the hoot of owls, the flap of bats' wings, the scurrying of water rats. But not this evening, with all sound lost in the fire's roar. On the lake were no boats, on the shore no lights. This stretch of Ullswater was deserted in winter. He'd chosen this spot for tranquillity, a haven where he got away from it all. Now he and the fire were alone with the night. Wood cracked and snapped like rifle shots. Glass window pane shattered. The shelves started to give way. A timber beam crashed onto the floor. The beast had conquered his boathouse. Soon the roof would be gone. The shelves were crumbling, and his books were blackened beyond recognition. He felt moisture between his legs, a warm and wet trickling down his thighs. The smoke made him cough. His throat filled with phlegm. He began to choke. Flames lunged towards him, devouring the Turkish kilim stretched between leather chairs. The beast was deranged and bent on destruction. Heat scorched his lips. Within moments it would singe his hair and dry those tears. And then the fire would become him. He would become the fire. He dreaded pain. He must keep his gaze glued to the books, empty his mind of everything but the destruction of his life's work. No good. His brain betrayed him, and he succumbed to dread. Dread like a knife that drove between his ribs, through his flesh, and ripped into soft tissue beneath, opening him, eviscerating him. Dread of agony to come. He was, after all, a bookish man, a self-proclaimed coward with a terror of pain. The only certainty was that he was about to die. No last-minute rescue. He had no hope of salvation, no faith that it might be an easy death. A flame licked the bare soles of his feet, then bit into his flesh. Saffle shrieked and begged for a quick end but it was too late to pray to a god in whom he had never believed. Even though now he understood that the devil was real, and knew that the beast took the form not of man, but of fire. Cruel, sadistic fire. It took its time, and cruelest of all, he never knew who had done this to him and his books, or why.
Chapter 2 New Year's Eve Mark Amos swivelled on the kitchen stool, a dreamy look in his eyes. New house, new start. New start? Hannah Scarlet gave him a cagey smile as she spooned coffee into a paper filter. She wouldn't pour cold water anywhere other than into the glass jug. Things were looking up. They'd survived Christmas without a single row. Seven claustrophobic days cheek by jowl with Mark's family was perfect relationship therapy for the two of them. If for no one else. Thank God she didn't have to live with his garrulous sister, let alone his humbug-guzzling mother, or his rugby-mad brother-in-law, and his rowdy nephews and nieces. Much more of their taste in...